Well, as, as uh, Vicar John said earlier, uh, last week, Pastor Matt uh, started our, our new series called Eras, where we're going through different eras of life. And last week, Pastor Matt preached on um, the adventure era, which is like the, the young 20s, right? Early, early 20s and living a single life. And this week, we are talking about the domestic era, era with settling down and building a home. Now, this is the era where you start to really have to adult, right? This is where you, you kind of get a mortgage, you start worrying about your own health insurance and taxes and all these, all these adult things that maybe you haven't had to worry about before. And maybe you're, you're getting married and you're having children. This can be a beautiful but also stressful, taxing, exhausting era of life. My wife and I have been in this era for a little while. We have four children. The youngest now is eight. The oldest will turn 18 on Tuesday. Pray for us, please. <laughs> and, uh, but it's a, it's a blessed time, but we know that there's also some heartache and, and exhaustion that comes along with it. Now, last week, again, Pastor Matt um, gave us a great wisdom in seeking out the, the cultural commentary of our day or memes. So, let's see what memes and what our culture has to say about this whole domestic era. So, the first one I came across uh, was, it talks about uh, the never-ending story as a kid. If you don't know, this is a movie. I loved this movie when I was a kid. But when you're a kid, this is the never-ending story. When you're an adult, this is a never-ending story. <laughs> and it's true, too, right? Um, next one, life with a toddler summed up in one image which is exactly right. This next one's my favorite. Um, parenting isn't stressful at all. That's Jessica, age 27. <laughs> right, and these are funny and very true in, in many sense, and it's good to have a laugh, and it's, it's fun to look at that, but very often in our culture, we're, we're talking about the, the negative aspects. We're focusing only on the negatives. Again, these are funny. It's good to laugh at them, but sometimes it can become little disheartening. There's an actor, a filmmaker, comedian by the name of Seth Rogen, and um, he and his wife have chosen not to have children, which, which in and of itself is, is not a problem. The reason behind it is a little striking, though. Here's what he had to say recently. I don't know anyone who gets as much happiness out of their kids as, as we get out of our non-kids. We're psyched all the time. We get to do whatever we want, whenever we want. There is no one whose child is giving them as much joy as we are right now getting because we do not have kids. For all the children in the room, let me tell you, this is not the heart of your parents. You are blessed. You are a blessing to your parents. There is, there is no amount of words that they could say to convey how much your parents love you, how cherished you are, and how you are the greater value in their life, not getting to do whatever they want, whenever they want. And this is the same sentiment, this love for children that we saw today in our Scripture reading, and that's what Scripture says all over the place. In Psalm 127, we just read earlier that children are an inheritance from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. It's a stark contrast to the idea of being happy without, happier without them. Another translation says that children are a gift from the Lord. Because they are. Children are a blessing. They're part of the family. But 
The family doesn't start just when you have children. God says the family starts even earlier. In Genesis, in early creation, He made man and woman and put them together. And Genesis 2 says that is why a man will leave his father and mother and will be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. A husband and a wife are the, are the building blocks or the foundation of the family. And as God provides, if God provides, later can come children to expand and grow and add to the family. God has a beautiful view, an embracing view of family and of children, not a rejecting view. He doesn't call them a burden. He calls them a blessing. Now, if you're in this room right now or you're online right now and you're single, you may be saying, oh, I can tune out. Why why do I have to listen to this? Because I'm not married yet, right? I'm single. But I would say that this is even more important possibly for you. Because in one part, if you're single, right now is the time to begin preparing for your future. Right now is the time to be preparing what God may have in store for you later. If you've got it on your heart that maybe one day you want to be married, maybe have children, now is the time to be growing in faith and in maturity and in wisdom and not living out an extended adventure era until you get married. There there are a few different ways to do this. Um, One of the ways I see in my life with different couples in this church that um, they, is to spend time as a single person with married people and with people with children. So there's some families here that have single people kind of roving in and out of their house. It's like a revolving door kind of where they, you've got a, a couple with a, a few children. They're, they're younger. They're running around. They've got homework. They've got messes. They've got snacks. They've got the whole thing. And, but there's a lot of times single adults coming in and out of their home. These single folks get to see life modeled. They don't, they're, they're not jaded or they're not tricked by the Instagram view, right, and the Instagram post and the, and the curated post that we all want to put forward of what our life looks like. They get to see real life. They get to see kids complaining about doing homework. They get to see a husband and a wife maybe had a stressful day and, and the, the home just doesn't feel as happy and joyful as, as a picture might make it feel. It's a blessing to single folks who get to spend time in reality. It's also a blessing to, to these families, right? Because as a single person hanging out in the house, not only are you there gaining something, but you are also get to, be a, get to be a blessing to them. Maybe you can help cook dinner. Maybe you can run an errand. Maybe you, you, you get to watch the kids while they go out on a date night. This is a beautiful picture of the family of God living in community of God with one another. So if you're single, I encourage you to, to find a family you know and you trust and to say, hey, can I, I, I feel like I want to have kids one day maybe and be married. I, I don't know what this looks like. Can I just sometimes hang out with you guys? Can I spend time with you when, it's, when it works out for you? And, and I'll, I'm happy to help out around the house as I can and play with your kids. And, but if, if you don't know anybody that you would feel comfortable asking that, there's other ways that you as a single person can continue to grow in wisdom and faith and that's right here at your own church. We've got a children's ministry. We've got a youth ministry. I know Rachel Winters, my wife, and Laura Ross in the youth ministry would love it if you came up and said, hey, I don't really know a lot about kids, but, or I love kids and I, I want to have some someday. How can I help? Where can you plug me in? You would be a joy and a blessing to not only your church family, but also to your future family. 
singleness and marriage can be a gift. Not everybody is called to be married. It is possible that somebody who is single, God's put a call in their life to stay that way. Maybe they're, they're okay and they're content in that state and they're seeking ministry and they're seeking growth, not seeking to just be self-serving. They're able to resist temptation. God may be able to leave them in that state and use that for a good purpose. But either way, whether someone is single or whether somebody is married, it's a gift. Scripture says both are gifts. And both have a calling in whatever season they're in. Now, there, there are some couples we know, your pastors know, who, who are married and they're looking forward to having kids and it's not happening. For whatever reason, it hasn't happened. And we know that that can be hard and painful. And you're asking why. And I don't have an answer as to why, but I do know that in the midst of that moment, in the midst of that season, as hard and as painful as it can be, God is still present and God is still working and God is still calling you to love, to minister, and to be a part of a bigger family. God's family. For those of you who are in this domestic era, those of you who are running around feeling like you're never getting a break, feeling like you're trying to bounce back and forth between being a good parent, between being a good spouse, and having some time for yourself, having some time as a couple, maybe seeing, going to church every once in a while, maybe going to volunteer somewhere, going to a game and seeing your, your grandparents, your, your parents. We know it's tough. And God has, has, is very gracious with you in this state. He's very kind. But also, in this state comes an extra calling, right? Not just to, to minister to and raise and disciple God's precious little ones, but also to continue to build the home. And guys, there is a bigger responsibility. God puts a, a, a different responsibility on the husband's. Specifically, now women, you may laugh at that and say, I don't see it, but it's there. In Genesis 3.8, after Adam and Eve sinned, Genesis 3.8 says, In the cool of the evening, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking around in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. The Lord called to the man and asked him, Where are you? Now, I have a question. Who sinned or who ate, took the first bite? Do you remember? Was it Adam or Eve? Anybody? Eve. Yes, it was Eve. Eve took the first bite. Who did God call out in the garden? Adam. Says he went to the man. Adam and Eve both had their own sin, both committed their own sin, both had their own consequences. Men and women, husbands and wives, fathers and mothers are equal in their dignity, they're equal in their value, they're equal as image bearers of God. But God puts a, a different responsibility on the man. And he goes to Adam and he says, Adam, what's going on in your family? What are you guys doing? He calls out Adam in that moment. Because he puts a, a slightly different responsibility on the husband of the headship of the home. Now, this doesn't mean boss. This doesn't mean ruler. This doesn't mean uh, lord of the manor. This doesn't mean anything. In fact, it means quite the opposite. 
And Paul gives us a picture of what this is supposed to look like. In, in uh, Ephesians 5, he says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. So as husbands of a home, we're supposed to love our wives and our family as Christ loved the church. Well, how did, how did Christ love the church? Well, he stepped out of his glory. He stepped off of his throne and down into a manger in humility. He lived a, a pretty basic life not self-serving, not going to seek his own things. And he took responsibility. He didn't sin. He didn't cause any problems in creation. Yet he said, okay, I'll take care of it though. I'll step in when you can't. I'll take care of it. I'll take the burden upon myself. I'll take the pain. I'll bear it. And I'll give you the good part, the glory and the righteousness. Jesus manned up and he took responsibility. And that's what God is calling husbands and fathers to do. It's a humility. It's a sacrifice in love. You know, when I was um, uh, first becoming a father, before our first, our first daughter was born, um, I took a class at, at our hospital. It was like a daddy preparation class. And um, it, wasn't, it wasn't a faith-based class, but this guy really had this down and knew exactly how to talk to dads in the right way. And he said, dads, after you first have your child and you, you bring your child home and uh, that precious baby and, and everything is so beautiful at home, and th- you're probably going to need to go back to work, right? And you're going to go back to work. And when you get there, most likely you're going to have a bunch of stuff that stress you out, right? You've been gone for a week or whatever, and you, you've delegated some things, but maybe they didn't get done right. You've got a stack of paperwork on your desk to attend to. Life will be stressful for you when you get back to work. You're going to have long days, and you're going to come home, and you're going to want to, you're going to, want to just crash and just say, oh, it's been such a long day. All this time off was a blessing, but man, now I'm paying for it. When you're gone, though, And when you walk in that door and your wife sees you come in that door, he said, here's what she's going to envision your day was like. (laughs) Because she's been at home all day, alone, caring for this new life. So first, it's important for, for young moms and for families to have community around them for sure. But again, this, this guy, this non- Christian program just is saying, hey guys, when you come home, now is not the time for you to take a load off. Now is the time for actually you to step up and start working even harder in love and sacrifice for your family. Now I know that not every family dynamic falls into one category. And I know there's, there's single parents out here and we know that's tough too. And just know that God is still there and still present for you. He says that he is a father to the fatherless and a defender of widows. So no matter what stage, no matter what era era you're in, no matter what your family dynamic is, not only is God there and present with you, but you have a calling and you have a ministry in whatever season you're going through. And here at St. Mark, we don't want you to have to do that alone. Because we're a church 
family. There's a reason we, we say church family because as a family here, when there are people who are hurting or maybe have had surgery or have a need, there are people who step up and maybe pro- provide some meals. Or if somebody hasn't seen you in a few weeks, it's, they'll get a phone call that says, hey, are you doing okay? Is everything all right? The goal is to love and serve. Now, one of the things that I will often get asked, or I've been asked in the past as a pastor, and I've seen other pastors ask this, is, isn't it pretty distracting where they're like, there's kids crying in church when you're trying to preach? The answer is no way, not at all. In fact, it is a glorious, joyous sound for a pastor to hear that there's children in our midst. Because I tell you what, if there was no kids running around here, the silence would be deafening. We love it when we're in church and we hear and see children. We love it when we walk out there and there's little kids with cookies running around all hopped up on sugar. Like it's a joy for us to have the children running around and being a part of our community. In fact, one of the things that we talked about as pastors is, is a, uh, we want good things for you, right? We want spiritual growth for you. And so um, one of our, our thoughts in, in that we think would be great be if families can come to like the 9 o'clock service and maybe worship together and then perhaps at the 10.30 at this time slot, maybe adults are in Bible study and, and kids or uh, middle schoolers are in their Bible study or in St. Mark kids, not to put a burden on you and say do more, but to bless you. So there's family worship time. In fact, even in the, in the welcome video from Pastor Matt, he says, we love it when families worship together, and we do. It's also a blessing to have some age-appropriate study time as well. So that, that's not to say you need to do more and to place this burden. We're not tracking it. We're not calling you. It's just a desire that we have to see more of that because we know you will be blessed by it. Spiritual growth in the family, spiritually vibrant households, Need time together, time in the Word. Another thing that I, that I love about being a family of faith is the encouragement that can come from that. Because again, this, can be, this kind of era, this domestic time can be very stressful. You're, you're sometimes regretting things you've said as a parent or things you've done. You're thinking sometimes that nobody supports you or that people are judging you all the time. How you're parenting, how you're, you're letting or not letting your kids dress or what they're not able to do. It can be very vulnerable to even come to a crowd and say, I, I'm, I'm barely hanging on and I feel like they're all staring at me and they know I don't have it together. Recently, um, earlier this week, we were having a conversation as pastors and, and uh, worship team talking through the service and uh, um, Anthony, a worship leader, said, you know, there, there's this really cool thing. There was this um, couple that came up to my wife and our toddler and just said, I love to see you guys in church together. That is awesome. And I, I've had the same thing happen to me from that same couple who said, oh, we love seeing your kids in church together. They didn't say, hey, you know, your toddler's pretty loud. and I'm, I'm, You know, keep it down. They encouraged I mean, half the time when I'm here with my boys, they're sitting here like eating chips and crackers and whatever they're doing, and, and I'm like, shh, 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 all the time, you know, and praise God that they don't, they, that's not what they see. They encourage, they see love, they see parents, they see worship. That's who we need to be. We need to be people 
who encourage one another, who encourage our young families to keep going, to let them know that they're welcome, to let them know that there's grace here and there's grace in their failures because we all have been there in some way, shape, or another. And we all want that same grace. Sometimes that's all it takes is an encouraging word. Because while we're part of this St. This Mark family, we're obviously part of a larger family of God, right? The beautiful thing about the family of God is that He, he didn't just make us work for it. He didn't say, well, you know what, you, as long as you do these things, then you're, then you're able to be my family. Then you've earned it. No, He said, I'm going to call you as my own. We have a few friends of ours that over the years have struggled with infertility, and through prayer and time and patience, they've, they've chosen to adopt. And it's a beautiful picture of them inviting and, and bringing somebody into their family and making them part of their household because of love. That's exactly what God does with us. He says in Galatians, and Paul writes in Galatians, it says, when we were children, we were slaves to the principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son. God sent him to pay for the freedom of those who were controlled by these laws so that we would be adopted as his children. God sent his son in order to save us. And he did it because he loves us. That's it. No strings attached. He said, you're adopted, you're adopted, you're mine. I'm pulling you in. No matter what season we're in in life, no matter what era we are in, we know, we can confidently know that God has something for us in this moment, not just later, not always looking ahead to the next season that's coming, but in this moment. God has called us to ministry, God has called us to loving, God has called us to be there for one another, to encourage one another. Because after all, we're family. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you for calling us to be your own, for calling us to be part of your family. Thank you, God, that you love us so much. You didn't make us work for it or earn it. You took care of it by sending your son, Jesus. You gave us righteousness as a gift. And just like children are an inheritance from you, God, we are also a gift to you, and you are a gift to us. You gave us a gift of salvation through Christ. We love you, God. We praise you. We give thanks to you. We lift this up in your holy name. Amen.